We saw the second iteration of NXT 2.0 last night, which included several more wrestler debuts. The show also set up several title matches for next week, and Braun Breaker continues to build toward a future match with Tomasa Ciampa. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website and database track pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, we're again talking about where things stand with NXT 2.0. After the second episode, have things gotten better? We'll talk it through. An NXT guru, John Smith, is in the house. We have headlines from the last 24 hours, which include the Art Cup and the health status of Sammy Callahan. And this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for September 22nd, 2021 where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. All right, John Smith, welcome to the show. What'd you think of NXT 2.0 last night? Well, the shirt was black and white before I watched it, and now it's, it looks like this. <laughs> but no, it was cool. It was, it was nice seeing some more new faces, but like to see some older faces that I'm more accustomed to. I still, I'm, I'm still down with the NXT. All right. All right. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, it was only a few weeks ago that I gave you the moniker of NXT guru. And I was wondering if you're going to hand it in after seeing two weeks of 2.0, it sounds like you might be holding on to it. Yeah. I mean, last week's show very Vincey, but this week's didn't seem so much, but we got, we got introduced to a lot of new people this week, much like last week, but last week was different. There was a world title match involved in a wedding. This week, there was like nothing really to look forward to. But yeah, no, I, I like what I saw. I, I like the debuts and I'm interested to see what the, like what this Lash girl, Lash legend has to offer because she seems like she could talk and she's got her own segment, her own talk show. She's debuting as a talk show, which is pretty unprecedented. I have to say some of the women that they had walk up backstage look to be very big you know what i mean like they they seem to be like hulking stature type of people so i'm interested to see them outside of the backstage area to see if my initial impression is even correct on that but we had seven matches on the show last night uh, which is a lot for a two-hour tv show five of those matches though were under three minutes which is not surprising with the new format you're going to have a lot more of getting people in the ring and exposing them to us and having slightly better than squash type matches. I think we're going to see that for a while as we start getting all these new characters and stuff. But they did have a couple of longer matches. It was both the the opener and the closer. Roderick Strong and Kushida, that went on uh, almost nine minutes. And then the closing match was Braun Breaker and Tomasa Tampa versus Pete Dunne and Rich Holland. That went 12 and a half minutes. All the matches in between were pretty short between... 50 seconds, three minutes, depending on which one it was. But I think that's what we have to look forward to. But the thing I do appreciate about NXT 2.0 is that all of these people that have been sitting in the performance center collecting dust for a year are now getting television time. So it, it feels to me like the when they said, hey, the new direction is let's find main eventers for WrestleMania. It was like, Let's not just bury these guys in the performance center. Let's get them on TV and see if they sink or swim. And I think that's what we're seeing now. So it's the circle of life in pro wrestling. You, they, they fire the, the top guys, but then they bring up these no names. And then eventually a no name or two will turn into a top guy five years from now, maybe 10. 
I, t- I tell you, so I wanted to start with this, with Braun Breaker, because last night he started talking and I'm like, oh my God, he sounds just like Scott Steiner during that, that initial segment where they had about everybody that was on the roster in the ring at one point, he started talking, he sounds just like Scott Steiner. Then we get into the main event. What does he do is he busts out the Steiner recliner, man. If this guy tried to do math, I think we know, all know what the outcome would be. Yeah, if you threw the chainmail on him and sunglasses and dyed his hair blonde, it would be spitting image. It would be just a young Scott. I know he is Rick's son, but he might not be. <laughs> I think he looks an awful lot like Rick, but that he sounds so much like Scott and then he looks like he's going to pull in some of Scott's moves and stuff. I just wish that they would acknowledge it on TV because there's so much there. It's not, the Steiner brothers are like one of the greatest tag teams of all time, but they were on their top 50 list and Scott had a great career as a singles guy. There's nothing to run away from here. Is there any bad blood? Like that I, I've never heard of them disliking Rick. Like I know Rick never made it back into WWE after the WCW times. Scott was there for a while. He, isn't he a Hall of Famer? He's not? No. And neither are the Steiner, Steiner brothers as a tag team. So. And maybe it's a thing where I know there's obviously the reason he's not called Steiner is because they can't trademark that name, but maybe there's, maybe there is some sort of bad blood there, but there wasn't enough bad blood for them to bring in young Steiner here when he had pretty much no experience. They brought, they've molded this guy from nothing. So they, they did that. So you think that they have good enough terms, but. Whatever. I think they need to draw attention to it. If they're going to push this guy, give him the momentum of his, that's my thought. But aside from that though, John, new NXT cruiserweight champion. I think you called it last night on the essential wrestling podcast, get a title in this diamond mind faction. They're starting to look really impressive with all the, the amateur wrestlers they have in there, but they need a They need a title around the waist of the leader. So now they have it. Yeah, and as much as we wanted to see Kushida like with that title, just run with it felt stale. It wasn't very eventful. Like the eventfulness was him beating Santos. We didn't see it coming, and then it was kind of just pretty vanilla from there. So I like getting this title with rejuvenated in the Diamond Mine. Absolutely. And do you th- you have thoughts for what's going to happen with Kushida? I'd hate to I hate to think a talent like him getting future endeavored would be horrible, but I don't see him. I don't really see him as a main roster guy. So maybe he'll make another run for the title or something, but I'm not yeah, sure. I, I could see him getting what would be one of the few that does get lost in the shuffle with all the new guys coming in. Once Santos wins that North American title, which I think is coming up pretty soon, I feel like maybe Kushida could be the first program with him just to keep him, you know, relevant, but yeah, Santos still has to win the title first. There's plenty of guys for uh, Kushida to get into a squash match with, apparently, on the show. They can always dust uh, dust Kushida off for a good 12 minutes. They could, they could team him up with some random new guy, and he could be like his mentor or whatever, and then that just becomes a thing when they break up eventually. It would tr- him and Trey Baxter would be a great tag team, actually. So Yeah, absolutely. Maybe they could do something with that. So uh, we mentioned a bunch of new faces. We had Amari Miller. She came up, she was on the show. She lost to Kaylee Ray. She wrestled on the independence as Cameron Clay for both Shine and Evolve. Andre Chase, who we'd seen in the past on television, but he certainly had a whole vignette in the back for Chase University, which was trademarked by WWE a week or so ago. He's, he's formerly known as Harlem Bravado and Evolve. So he's a formerly from the independent scene. Dante Chen. 
He's formerly known as Trexus in Singapore pro wrestling. I guess he's the first Singapore wrestler in WWE. Joe Gacy, again, not the first time we've seen him. He's been all over 205 Live and he's been all over. He was in the breakout tournament, but he got a whole new character that the ring, the whole, the ring is a safe space area. Persia was the person who walked up to EO and Zoe and said, when Indy gets back, she's my best friend. We're going to go for those tag titles. That she's formerly known as Steph DeLander from the Australian scene. And then, I'm sorry, we, we were talking about the Cruiserweight title, John, and I didn't even bring up Grayson Waller, who he was accompanying Drake Maverick to the ring last week for Drake Maverick's two-minute loss or whatever. He's formerly known as Matty Wahlberg from the Australian Independence. He also played Ric Flair on the Young Rock series. So we're going to see what he can do in the ring next week with Roddy Strong. Yeah, and imagine my horror when I saw him come out and I thought it was Dexter Loomis repackaged as some happy-go-lucky idiot. That would be a, quite the diversion, <laughs> I think, for sure. Uh, I would have I would have denounced my, my guru tag for NXT if that was the case. <laughs> yeah. We also saw vignettes from Tony D'Angelo, so the second one in a row from him. He was on the show last week doing a vignette. Uh, Ikimanjiro, he did a vignette, so we got to see what was inside his closet, which was a whole bunch of jackets. And he says, when you think of Japanese wrestling, you think of strong style. Look at my collection of jackets and boots. I'm styled strong. So he's got no pants though. You're right. There was nothing. There was, at least there was nothing to the pants. All the showmanship is in the jackets. <laughs> Talked about Trey Baxter for just a second, a few, uh, a little bit ago, he got, had an interesting segment in the back with Cora Jade, where she laid a kiss on him and tried to motivate him up after his loss on the show. He lost to Dante Chen, who was making his debut a 58 second match. So Trey actually looked good for most of the match, but then he got hit with Chen's headlock under the hook slam thing. But Trey Baxter, she said something about him, about somebody being a superhero. And he seemed to take that. I'm a little afraid we're going to see this guy, Trey Baxter, Blake Christian, whatever you want to call him, with a mask and a cape on, maybe trailing Nikki Ash here. <laughs> Trey Ash. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. We may get something like that. And we had Electra Lopez had her first match. What'd you think of her first outing? Oh, and Yuri. Yeah, it was kind of, you know, like a minute 30. What can you say? You, she just dominated her, but she, I like her presence. I like the way she comes out. She's not all like feminine. Like she's a good looking girl. Don't get me wrong, but she doesn't act feminine at all. She acts just like a female version of Santos. Basically she walks out all tough guy and yeah, I love her gimmick. So I'm, I'm excited to see her go for a longer period of time with, with BFAB. She had a uh, quite a long interview segment too on the show, which is some of these people are a little rusty on the mic, but the whole concept of NXT, at least this iteration is developmental. So get them their reps in and we'll, what would be nice is when we see some of these people develop and grow into like very good communicators, when we see them now is a little bit rocky. Yeah. I think that we saw Zion Quinn on the show last night. He's the one who got like a miracle victory a week or so ago, two weeks ago, but all our matches set up for next week. Roderick Strong wasted no time. He's going to be defending the title against Grayson Waller, the Cruiserweight Championship. Zoe Stark and Io Shirai, they're going to be defending the tag titles against JC Jane and Gigi Dolan. That's Toxic Attraction. 
Frankie Monet is going to challenge Raquel Gonzalez for the Women's Championship. Beef Gab versus Electra Lopez was announced on the down low in the main event. It was like one of those little corner graphics. So we're going to get that match right away next week. Then we have the talking segment debut of Flashing Out with Lash Legend. So a lot happening next week. They didn't yeah, we, got a, we got a full card already. They're, they're taping these in advance, right? I think they're live. Oh, these are all live? Uh, yeah, the, the NXT 2.0 is live. Okay. All right. Then I'm very surprised that we got a, like a full card already a week in advance. I'm, like I said, I'm really excited for that Lopez BFAB match. And I think that the women's tag titles might change hands. See, I thought, I, I still think that maybe Frankie Monet might take that title off for Kel Gonzalez. Cause she, like I said, two weeks ago, I think Frankie just exudes NXT 2.0 with all the colors and stuff like that. So I just, I, she seems to be like the good poster child for it. And, and Raquel, I think what's left for her to really do. She's already beaten all the, the big stars on NXT. So take her up to the main roster. It's time. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to agree with that. I think Frankie Monet is awesome. She just hasn't really had any matches yet. How do you justify putting the belt on her if she's had a couple of uh, inaction style matches and they were all squashes or whatever? She's Her character's getting over, but unless she just steals that title and it's, you know, just, it's not like a technical win by her, then I don't think it's time for her yet. I, I hear you, Mix. But I do think, I think if Raquel were to go up now, it'd be better than if they waited until the end of the year. Because Raquel is someone I could see them, I, I'm no kidding, I think she could win the Royal Rumble this year and go straight to WrestleMania. But I think they need to pull her up now and put her on television so people don't have the same issues they had with Bianca Belair last year. Where they brought her up, didn't use her for a long time, and then she went in and won. I think Raquel's way more talented than Bianca. Just the fact that she got the NXT title and Bianca didn't tells you a lot right there. Raquel, will, they won't have to force her down our throats. We'll be, we'll be welcoming it. Yeah. Yeah, I think Raquel is, like you mentioned, I think she's, I think she's ready. Quite frankly, I don't know how much she can learn from facing the people that they're pushing on NXT. I think if she's going to continue to develop, as a wrestler, she needs to fight Charlotte, Becky, um, Sasha, Bailey, those type of people. And Oscar. Yeah, exactly. The whole set. <laughs> of course, Asuka, she is missing in action. So who knows what's going on with her. Hey, she deserves some time off. She was the MVP for a year and a half. <laughs> yeah. She's probably resting her vocal cords. She's a great follow on Twitter though, man. Like she'll photo, she, she photoshopped her face on Dewdrop's body once. <laughs> Yes. Yes. All right, John, I want to shift and talk about Bound for Glory for just for a second. I know we're like a month out from Bound for Glory, but in fact, we're a month and a day. But tomorrow night on Impact, Josh Alexander is going to relinquish the X Division Championship because he's exercising option C. He'll be wrestling Christian Cage at Bound for Glory. I want an early prediction. I mean, we're a month out. There's a lot of programming to go between now and then, but give me an early prediction. Is Josh Alexander, the new impact champion come October 24th? Guaranteed. Guaranteed. hundred percent. He beats Christian. All right. So give me your best Paul Heyman. This is not, what is it? What is it? What's his saying? This is not a, this is not a prediction. This is a spoiler. So I don't expect that to change between now and then, but if it does, John will make an official pick 
at the Bound for Glory special that he, the Al Carl will be hosting a special Central Wrestling podcast, Bound for Glory special, October 23rd at 3 p.m. And if you want to see that Josh Alexander match, I'm telling you, you're going to have to stay up until probably about one in the morning. And it may go really long because his whole gimmick now is he's the Iron Man. And I mentioned that I saw him wrestle a 60-minute Broadway in Chicago a week or so ago. Incredible guy. Uh, and he had the 60-minute match with TJP on Impact recently. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is like a 35-minute match. Yeah, I look forward to that one, man. Absolutely. All right. We have some headlines and stuff to get into and some more stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about the Owen Hart Cup. And we're going to talk about Sammy Callahan. And we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about in the second part of the show. Stick with us. We'll be right back. I just want to tell you how you can support the show. If you love the Daily Wrestling News show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out BodySlamClothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20, and all of them come in the super soft style, and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to BodySlamClothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Robert Luca on Friday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports, and the show kicks off each Friday at 7 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeCani, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at BodySlamBrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. Okay, we're in the headlines portion of the show, but John, before we get into all the headlines, we're going to be talking about Wrestle Grand Slam right at the end of the show. That's the big show for tonight. But you were at the Newark show last week, the Newark Dynamite. And I, this was obviously your first AEW show. So I want to know, what'd you think? Oh, I had a blast, man. They did the, the AEW dark taping beforehand and then the Rampage taping afterwards. They really know how to get the crowd going with the bringing out CM Punk at the beginning. And with, even when Jim Ross came out, he got a huge pop. From everybody. So yeah, I just had, it was fun all around. I brought my, hold on, I got it right here. My Cody is trash sign. So if anybody saw that in the crowd, that was me. Yeah. That guy there is trash. <laughs> I do. I, I've been to so many WWE shows and so many AEW shows. The one thing I will say that I think that they, they do from a live perspective really well, AEW is when there's a commercial there's usually Justin Roberts is usually on the microphone talking to the crowd or something to try to keep them engaged during commercials. Whereas in WWE, it's like a dark arena and you're just waiting. So. And, the, and they're like playing commercials for the arena. They're like, go to right. WWE shop. It's again, yeah, we, we went past 15 of them. We know that they're there. Come on. 
All right, let's talk about another AEW story. They announced on Monday, they announced that they have entered into a relationship with the Owen Hart Foundation. This is unprecedented because ever since Owen Hart passed away, we have had no Owen Hart content. We have had no Owen Hart Hall of Fame. We have had no Owen Hart associated with wrestling. His only association with wrestling uh, since his death has been lawsuits or like the dark side of the ring stuff. So it's really amazing to finally be able to honor his wrestling career after his untimely passing all those years ago. They were going to be doing an annual Owen Hart Cup tournament within AEW. They're going to be uh, producing and distributing unique Owen Hart merchandise, which includes an action figure that they've already announced. And he will be in the console game that they're developing. So a lot of really great news about Owen Hart. I'm happy to see him get some sort of honor and treatment in wrestling. I'm sure Mark Henry is part of that, part of the team over at AEW. And a big part of his WWE Hall of Fame speech was, get Owen in here type of thing. So I think a lot of people are going to have really good feelings about this. Yeah, it stinks that we haven't been able to get any Owen Hart content for the past 20 years, but I understand why. Like, I would be bitter, too, if I were his wife. It's nice that, that we get to see him everywhere now. We'll get, I'm sure I'll get an action figure. It's at, sure. it's at my son's collection, you know? Sure. The tournament is such a cool thing. I, I don't know. I have no idea what they're going to do. If it's going to be like a special event, maybe they're going to do a one-night single elimination. Maybe they'll do a longer term round robin type of thing like they do with the G1 Climax or they did with the, when the cruiserweight title was held up in WWE. I'm at the edge of my seat waiting for the news to break on what they're Yeah, I, I just hope it means something other than, yeah. it, mean, it means something because his name is on it, but I just hope it's not like what they did with the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. It's almost like a slap in the face to Andre the Giant, the way they treat that event at WrestleMania. It should be for a title shot, right? If you win the tournament, you get a title shot. You win the battle royal, you get a title shot. There should be something tied to it. Yeah, even make it for the intercontinental title, like with the Andres take. But yeah, this you win a tournament, a one night tournament, you should be getting a world title shot as long as it's main guys that are in it, and not a bunch of jungle boys or something. Well, and the, the the really cool thing that you can do is you could put Kenny Omega right in the tournament, and if he loses, whoever he loses to should be getting a title shot too. You. They're from a booking perspective. You can do a lot of creative things with tournaments that don't often get done. Really looking forward to see what they do. They got those TNT specials that they're going to be doing next year. So maybe it'll be one of those, but we'll see. We have to, we just have to wait. Now on the subject of tournaments, the WWE's uh, big tournament, King of the Ring, they're going to have a special on Fox over the weekend of October 1st, to October 3rd to basically preview the return of the King of the Ring. That's interesting because they really haven't done any special programming on Fox in a long time. I, th I think there were bitter feelings over the Peacock deal. And so this is good to see that WWE still has uh, a tight relationship with Fox and they're going to do some special programming. Now, John, Shinsuke Nakamura, he's the king right now. I don't want to see that crown leave. I don't think he needs the crown. I don't think it works for him, especially because he didn't win the King of the Ring tournament. He just took it off of Corbin's head. He's got nothing more. It doesn't need Rick Boogs playing guitar for him. He doesn't need a crown. He's freaking awesome. So I'd like to see him maybe enter this tournament, lose it, and then maybe be a heel afterwards, strip down to the bare basics, and then just go after a world title finally. 
because we haven't seen him in a world title picture since he won the Rumble and lost to AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Yeah. And rightfully so. Everybody should lose to AJ Styles at WrestleMania. It turned heel immediately right after that. So. Yeah, but not in a good way. No, I don't, I don't feel like, uh, yeah, after his heel turn, everything was downhill. I think he had another rematch with Styles, but he certainly, his profile was lowered after that. Yeah. As far as the King of the Ring goes, I thought they were doing Queen of the Ring. They're going to do both. Oh, they're doing both. Okay. Yeah. I got you. And I think that will culminate at the appropriately named Crown Jewel pay-per-view. They like try to stone the women for wrestling in front of them. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Sammy Callahan, he apparently got injured at the Impact TV tapings over over last weekend, I guess. He broke both his tibia and his fibia, potentially also his ankle, doing a suicide dive during the TV tapings. So he'll be out the remainder of the year. Sad to see he won't be at Bound for Glory, or he may be, but he'll be in a different role. But Sammy Callahan, losing Sammy Callahan is a hit to impact, I think. So hopefully he recovers and comes back stronger than ever. Yeah, they have gotten a lot out of him lately, though. So he could use the break. Sure. Go recharge your batteries. So you have a nice excuse to take some time off. Yeah, but it also probably confirms we're not having some barbed wire death match on Mount for Glory. So true. MLW has a big show on October 2nd in Philadelphia. It's called Fightland. Um, Myron Reed will be defending the World Middleweight Championship against Erez and Aramis. Those are two guys that we have, that Travis and I have seen at GCW. They're amazing. But there's also a fourth opponent that is the Japanese buzzsaw, Tajiri, making his MLW debut. It'll be fun to dust him off and see what he can do still. Yeah, I miss Sajiri, man. I was big on him and Mikey Whipwreck back in the ECW days. I'd like to see him come out with the Sinister Minister for this match. <laughs> we also had a little bit of a Tajiri comeback during the Cruiserweight Classic a few years ago, but he didn't last long there. But it's good to see him still working and stuff. Also on that is Alexander Hammerstone versus Jacob Two. That is a title for title match, and that's been long awaited. So they're going to air both of those on Vice on October 7th, right after Dark Side of the Ring. So all that's great. They also announced for October 2nd, this won't be airing on Vice, but it will air at some point. Johnson's favorite independent wrestler, Warhorse, will be on the show. <laughs> I forget why he's even my favorite independent wrestler. Because I, I just made it up. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought that was like a callback to something that we said maybe months ago and I forgot. But I'm not a anti-warhorse guy but i'm not pro warhorse either <laughs> you got a name like warhorse you should be a little bigger his catchphrase is warhorse rules ass so. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know what all that even means but you know anyway aew dynamite tonight ruby soho versus Britt baker kenny omega versus brian danielson non-title match we hear from cm punk ahead of his television debut on friday FTR versus Sting and Darby Allen, Cody versus Malachi Black, MJF versus Brian Pillman. This Cody Ome Cody Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson match is so difficult to pick. Uh, John, are you? I don't even remember what you said last night on the show. I picked Brian Danielson. The way I saw it was this is a WWE guy through and through yeah. coming in, and you can't let the WWE guy beat your top guy in this first match. If it was if he was facing 
a Cody or even Moxley or something because Moxley came from WWE. But this is like your not homegrown because obviously he was grown in Japan and Ring of Honor and all that stuff. But this is like he's been your guy that was, was untouched by WWE. And he's the number one in the PWI 500. You can't have Daniel Bryan come in here and just just walk all over your guy. I, that's just the way I saw it. Yeah, and it's a great it's a great point. I, there's so many there's so many layers to it too because they also just invested a whole bunch of money to bring in Daniel Bryan. Are they going to have him get beat him in his first match out? There's so many different ways to look. All points valid, and I guess we just have to wait and see what happens tonight. I suspect that these two are going to wrestle again at full gear. So however this ends, whether it's outside interference to help Kenny Omega get the win so that there's a tainted victory that leads to, leads back to this. Maybe Brian Danielson takes a clean loss here, but then has a tournament win or something, or some, they do something else to get him back into that position. But I think he's going to, they're going to be wrestling at full gear. So I think somehow that's going to be the outcome, whether it's a Danielson win. They could do a time limit draw. I think all options are on the table. And again, we just have to wait and see. Yeah, I like the idea of them fighting again at the pay-per-view and Brian Danielson and get that whole yes thing for a couple of weeks and have him lose it right away. Every single championship reign has been so long and it's almost too predictable that, oh yeah, he won it. So he's going to have it for at least 200 days. So anything, any match he has in the next like 150 days, he's going to win or he's not at least not losing the title. Yeah, that's, that's Al Carl's thought with Ilya Dragunov on NXT UK. He thinks the same thing there that. Dragunov might have a short reign just to change the thinking because Pete Dunn and Walter yeah. have long reigns. So maybe, maybe that's where I got the idea. <laughs> so yeah, <it's> just like, <laughs> maybe, maybe. All right. That said, John, any words of advice for the people as we close out the show? Uh, yeah, I know I keep going back to fantasy football, but it's that time of year for me. I noticed last week with this running back, Elijah Mitchell, everybody was bidding all of their waiver money on this running back from San Francisco in a, my league, he went for 75 out of a hundred dollars. This is fake money, but this is like, you have your whole season to budget with a hundred dollars. And there was somebody used three quarters of it to get him and he got injured. <laughs> so it's yeah. Be uh, don't be too frugal with your free agent budget, but don't be uh, going and dropping the whole thing in week one waivers. And then now you got 25 bucks to work with for the rest of the season. Yeah. And the guy you just picked up, is her. There you go. <laughs> All right. That said, anything else in the world of wrestling we didn't cover on that you want to talk about? No, not that I can think of. Yeah. All right, then. For John Smith, I'm Ryan Joy. We'll see you tomorrow. John DeConi will be here and we'll sort through a pile of rumors. I'm sure that he's digging up as we speak. So until then, I'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow.